Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) So happy to join with you. Oh my goodness. It's a rainy day here in Vermont, and I am grateful to be able to connect. So let's start with a blessing and a prayer. Let's place our hands on our heart. So grateful, so thankful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self. Our true identity is that mighty I am presence, that Holy Spirit guide. We are grateful that our life is the life of God. Our mind is the mind of God. Our hand is the hand of God in this world. Our heart is the heart of God and ever shall it be so. We are grateful to relinquish all false beliefs, all the stories that we've ever made up, any belief in lack or limitation, any desire to attack, whether it's obvious or hidden. We're surrendering it all to the Holy Spirit for healing. Right here, right now, we are grateful to let it go. We are grateful to remember the truth. We are grateful to allow ourselves to liberate from that which is not true, that which is false. We are grateful to open ourselves to unprecedented Clarity, healing, transformation. We share the benefits with our brothers and sisters because we're one with them. And in gratitude, we allow the healing to be for all. And so it is. Amen. 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 So today we're talking about the inner shift. And that is section 8 in chapter 21 of the text of A Course of Miracles. And... Isn't that what we are intending to make that inner shift? And this is a very short section. It's just a few paragraphs. And Jesus talks about it here that uh, about our death wish. (laughs) And that we could choose to be unconditionally joyful all the time. And he starts off with saying, the thoughts that seem to kill are those that teach the thinker that he can be killed. And so he dies because of what he learned. He goes from life to death. The final proof, he valued the inconstant more than constancy. Surely he wanted happy. He thought he wanted happiness. Yet he did not desire it because it was the truth and therefore must be constant. So let's take this nugget and get absolute clarity around it and make a decision here that will change the trajectory of the rest of our lives and that will be so helpful to our brothers and sisters, and this way we can be truly, truly helpful. Oh my goodness. So, one of the things that I find so important in my life is to every day, a, a number of times, confirm what my purpose here in this world is. And it is that truly helpful prayer from. A Course in Miracles. I call it the purpose prayer, my purpose prayer. And it it goes so simply. It's from chapter 2, section 5. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever he wishes, knowing he goes there with me. I will be healed as I let him teach me to heal. 
Now, when I say it to myself, I take the masculine pronoun out of it. I'm here only to be truly helpful. I'm here to represent the one who sent me. I do not have to worry about what to say or what to do because the one who sent me will direct me. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing God goes there with me. I will be healed as I let God teach me to heal. You know, I have many conversations with people who tell me uh, that they felt feel like I did uh, very strongly, don't like the God word. Life, love, universe, no problem, God, uh, words but symbols of symbols, and as a symbol, the word God, uh, for many, has come to represent this patriarchal, vengeful, vindictive God. That's not our idea of God, so that word doesn't work for us. But I say, for me, I'm reclaiming the word God. I decided to give up that meaning attached to the word God, and I have fully embraced the word God. Not that anybody else needs to do what I did, but I, I feel grateful that I can just say God and feel so good about it. I don't think of a masculine presence. I just think of the infinite field of love that is the creator, God. And uh, sometimes I say mother, father, God. And uh, a lot of times when I say mother, father, God, it's mother, father, God, what's happening now? <laughs> and... <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, we're just recognizing that I, I have this energy field that I can always lean into. Mother, Father, God, help me now. Mother, Father, God, are you kidding me with this? <laughs> so it's good to remember to laugh. It is so important to remember to laugh. Sometimes when I, this is part of the inner shift, uh, sometimes when I feel, I can feel, maybe you can feel this way too sometimes, I feel sometimes so deadly serious, not not so much anymore, but it used to happen, that I would feel so tweaked, so triggered, that I would feel this, like, you do not want to test me now, kind of serious. Like, get out of my way, I will run you over, serious. And so, occasionally, I, I am in contact with that kind of energy within me. It's not anywhere near as strong as it used to be, but I feel the faint remembrance of it. And that right then, I can give myself the gift of remembering to laugh. It's a wonderful tool to help us make that inner shift a part of our everyday experience in life. And there's uh, laughter yoga uh, my friend Scott is a laughter yoga teacher, and uh, I think, and there's a, also a haha chant that's part of the Native American meditations that I do. And by the way, I'm just going to mention because it's been on my mind. We're getting ready here in Vermont for the Native American uh, elders gathering, and uh, we often have indigenous elders, wise ones from uh, outside the U.S., not just the U.S., uh, but um, we we put on a whole event the last weekend in July. So this year, I think it's 2930, 31, and August 1st, that whole period, and people gather in Vermont, and it's really, really lovely. I I love to listen to the wisdom of the elders, the, 
that native intelligence, some people grow up and they are incredibly wise when they get old. They are extremely wise. They've had so much experience and they've really deepened into their soul and it's beautiful. Some people age and they don't seem to have developed that uh, wisdom uh, being that's within each one of us. Um, but uh, the gathering has this wonderful wisdom and of people who are holding Native American traditions. And it's very mystical, very quantum. And uh, because of COVID, last year we did it online. And uh, this year we're doing it online and in person. So if any of that interests you, go to sunray.org sunray.org that's the website and you can see the information there and come to Vermont if you feel inclined come to Vermont people camp there I did that for many years I'm sure I've talked about that many times over the years in the the podcast here and uh, oh the rain is picking up Um, and uh, yeah come and join I'd love to see you. We'll we'll have meals together and join together. So, something to think about. Okay, remembering to laugh, the ha-ha chant. So, part of the uh, Sunray basic meditation, it has these chants in it. And one of them is the ha-ha chant. And we we do that and we visualize uh, the solar plexus with a um, a blue indigo blue cube and an orange sun in the middle of it is a clearing for the solar plexus, which is where in our chakras we hold that self-identification, ego identification. That's why when when we feel ashamed or really afraid, nervous, embarrassed, we... Uh, often get sick to our stomachs. Sometimes we throw up. We get so, if we're so afraid. I've had that happen. And uh, so the ha ha chant is the clearing chant for the solar plexus. So uh, it goes like this: ha 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 ha. And uh, you pump your navel when you do it. I I, lo- I really like chanting. It's one of the things that drew me to Kundalini yoga practices. Is we do a lot of chanting. So the, for me, it's very valuable because it's a clearing in the throat chakra, and all of this is definitely helping me to make the inner shift. Spiritual practices of meditation and. Uh, clearing in the chakras and the energy meridians getting that flow happening in a peaceful and harmonious way these things have really contributed to my spiritual growth and eliminating things like self-medication and self-sabotage so they've really helped me to make this inner shift so I, I'm for working at all levels. Uh, most importantly, no question, most importantly, at the level of the mind. And at the level of the mind is where we make our decisions. It's where we carry our beliefs. And I used to, uh, way back in the day, when I was a teenager in my early 20s, I valued the idea of behavior modification and thinking that uh, that was the thing for me, behavior modification. And, of course, I also believed that uh, something was terribly, terribly wrong with me, so I was looking for self-improvement, self-help. And now I think of it as remembering my true identity that's what I'm focused on giving up the false 
and remembering the real, remembering what's true, remembering my holiness. This is the inner shift. So one of the ways that we can really help ourselves in making this inner shift is what Jesus is talking about in this short section. The thoughts that seem to kill are those that teach the thinker that he can be killed. So it strikes me that this is very appropriate here as we're coming out of the COVID time. And people may be listening to this five years from now or ten years from now and and uh, remembering what it was like. When we are really afraid of dying, it is a way of affirming that we can be killed. The thoughts that seem to kill are those that teach the thinker he can be killed. So this might sound radical, but is it possible for us to die? No, it's not. It's possible for the body to die. Or we could use the body our entire life and then discard it because it's no longer needed. We can get a new body, come back in a new body. We can. We don't have to. Looking at it differently. If I'm thinking, oh, if I start smoking again, that could kill me. These are the thoughts that teach the thinker that he can be killed. If I catch that virus, it could kill me. These are the thoughts that seem to kill because they teach the thinker that he can be killed. I'm not suggesting that you do anything that you don't feel comfortable doing. But I have learned, for me, this is just me, I walk in the world knowing that I'm not going to die a minute before the time in my script that's appointed. I also know that every day we make choices and those choices impact what future choices are available to us. So I'm going to hearken back to that example I've used many times, the two movies, Gary Renard. Two movie choices. I know we get a lot of new listeners all the time. So I'll just, if you haven't read Disappearance of the Universe... Highly recommend it. Highly, highly. Like, put down A Course in Miracles, pick up Disappearance of the Universe, and read that. (laughs) Uh, It just helps many, many people to understand A Course in Miracles even better. So, and and Gary's a wonderful guy, and funny, and uh, I love him. So he's become a friend of mine. So I, I, I just love him. And in there, he had a choice of two movies. And he picked the less good movie, so he thought. And he asked his teachers, who were teaching him about A Course in Miracles, Artin and Persa, what, why would I have made that choice? How, what, how could that have been... Uh, A good thing in my script. Why didn't I choose the better movie? Such a good question. And they said, well, if you had chosen the other movie, you would have had a better movie experience. You would have gotten out at a different time. You would have been on the freeway at a different time. And you would have gotten into a major car accident. You would have been injured and hospitalized and had a long recovery. But you didn't need any of that 
batch of forgiveness lessons because you can just imagine how many forgiveness lessons there are if you're injured like that. You've got car insurance stuff. You've got a hospital and hospital insurance stuff. And you've got uh, the forgiving your your body and the, the other people in the act. You know, all the different things there are to forgive. So they said you didn't need all that. You've been doing so much forgiveness work. All you need to forgive is the less good movie. So I look at life that way. I really do. I think all the time, how can I choose love? How can I choose love? And if it's watching a less good movie, bring it. What do I care? If it's going to a restaurant and the service is not so good, okay. I can teach only love. And I can be content to go wherever spirit has put me and be the love bug that I am intended to be. I am content to be wherever God wishes, knowing God goes there with me, even when I'm standing on line at the bank or the Starbucks or wherever it is. We don't have Starbucks anywhere near me. I would love to stand online for a Starbucks. No, I'm just kidding. I'm happy to make coffee at home and not go anywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm so content not to go anywhere. So, yeah, it's it's never thinking, oh, I should be somewhere else. I, I could be somewhere else. Maybe I wish I was somewhere else. But right where I am is the holy opportunity that's embedded in my script, and it's the one I chose. So if I don't like where I am, the antidote is to make more loving choices. And one of the things that is helping me to make this inner shift is to say to the Holy Spirit over and over and over again, help me to see the highest and best choices. Help me to recognize the highest and best choices. Help me to choose the highest and best choices. I'm getting ready for my End My Self-Sabotage Challenge, uh, which starts this weekend. Uh, And uh, please come join. This is one of the most beautiful packages I've ever put together. It includes an hour of spiritual practice a day with me for, I forget how long it is, like seven weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks, yes. All the details are at jenniferhadley.com on the events page. And you can text the word events to the number 53557, to the number 53557, text the word events, and you'll get to the events page at jenniferhadley.com. So this is just an extraordinary offer. An hour of spiritual practice with me. Meditation, simple, light, kundalini yoga, and uh, other things I'm not going to give away. (laughs) But it's going to be so sweet, and I'd love to have you join me. That would be so great. We can get to know each other a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice? So come and join me. We're on Zoom. We're on Zoom every day for seven weeks. So the intention in the End Myself Sabotage Challenge is to make this inner shift and to clear away the mental and emotional clutter that keeps us on the hamster wheel of suffering. So the thoughts that seem to kill are those that teach the thinker that he can be killed. Think of what you eat and don't eat, the things that you do and you don't do, because you think, if I do that, that could kill me. Is that really how it works? I don't think it is. You need to decide for yourself what you are believing as true. And for me, I partner up with the Holy Spirit and I say, show me the truth. Take me to the truth. That's what I'm interested in. Because when we know the truth, everything that's false just falls away. It just completely falls away. 
It's no longer valuable. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing. That is the trick of the mind that the Holy Spirit can do for us. Holy Spirit, I'm only interested in the truth. I'm only interested in the thoughts I think with God. That which is actually true. Please take all the false beliefs, all the false thoughts, all the made-up stuff out of my awareness so I can't even think it again. I'm so done and so complete with this mental and emotional trash. I'm interested in choosing love and being a beacon of love. That is what I'm designed to do. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent my creator who sent me. That's what I'm here to do, and I'm willing to do my duty joyfully. Yes, indeed, joyfully. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're walking the talk, we're living the love, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And we're back. Thank you for joining with me again. And speaking of joining with me again, in case you don't know, I record a prayer every day and I publish it. I have a daily blog that I write, Daily Inspiration. I call it my daily shot of spiritual espresso. It's totally free to subscribe at jenniferhadley.com. So just go to jenniferhadley.com, go to the blog page, and you can subscribe there and get daily inspiration with a link to the recorded prayer. And you can also put the prayer line into your phone uh, and, and in your speed dial in any time of the day or night. You would like a prayer, you can just call and listen to that prayer. The phone number is 760-569-6005, 760-569-6005. It's a U.S. number, Southern California phone number. And uh, But you can also listen just on the blog page itself. You, you can download it. You can download. We put the transcript up. Usually it takes a little while for us to get the transcript up, but the deaf had requested, uh, kept requesting that I, deaf members of our community kept requesting that I transcribe them, so I do. And uh, we also have it available for you in podcast form. Look for the prayer for today, Jennifer Hadley, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can find that there. Oh my goodness. So I invite you to be my prayer partner. I've got wonderful prayer partners all over the world. And we can join together and partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self to make that inner shift. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. So let's go back to the text here where Jesus is telling us the thoughts that seem to kill are those that teach the thinker that he can be killed. So thinking that things in the world can kill us, that we can die, is perpetuating this belief that I am a body and the body can die. Jesus says, and so he dies, in quotes, because of what he learned. He goes from life to death, and this is the final proof that he valued the inconstant more than constancy. Constancy, you might remember, is another word for honesty. Jesus teaches us in the Manual for Teachers, in chapter 4, the characteristics of God's teachers. The first characteristic is trust. And the second characteristic is honesty, which he describes as constancy. So this is our prayer for constancy, truthfulness. 
Remember, if we believe a lie and we perpetuate that lie, we're actually being dishonest. Just because we believe it's the truth doesn't mean that we're being honest, right? So if somebody tells you that store is closed and it opens uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning, but the store is open now and it's going to be closed at 9 o'clock in the morning, they're not telling you the truth. They're being dishonest. It may not be intentional, but they're being dishonest. So this is what Jesus is telling us through these teachings of the Course, that we're being dishonest. And deep down in our soul, as we like to say sometimes, we know that we're not telling the truth. How do we know that we're not telling the truth? Because we don't feel comfortable. We don't feel peaceful. We don't feel harmonious, magnanimous, expansive. So this is how we know that we are not telling the truth. We are making stuff up. This is a problem. This is a problem. (laughs) In my experience, if I tell the Holy Spirit, I'm only interested in the truth. I'm only interested in knowing the truth, living the truth, speaking the truth. I've made this prayer thousands of times that the only thing that I speak is the truth. And what I notice is that sometimes I might be coloring something a little bit, um, maybe trying to think of an example. Nothing is coming to mind. Let's see if I can make something up. If I were to say, let's say, to someone, uh, I always this or I never that, I might, and it's not actually true, but I think it's true when it's coming out of my mouth. But as it's coming out of my mouth, I realize that is not entirely true because one time I did do that thing. And then I'll feel it. The memory will be there. There'll be absolute clarity that it's not correct. I just said something that's incorrect. And uh, that gives me the opportunity to correct it. And I'm glad because I'm interested in the truth. The truth liberates us from the false. So let's go for the truth and make it a priority. So when we experience death, this is what Jesus says is the final proof that we valued the inconstant more than constancy. Here's a question. Did Jesus die in his human experience? We think he did, right? There was the idea that the Roman soldier ran him through at the end, right, with his sword to put him out of his misery and make sure he was dead. But we don't know. We don't know if he was actually, his body was actually dead. But the idea, as far as I can tell, is that for all intents and purposes, Everybody who witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus the Christ believed his body was dead when it was put in that tomb. And that was very important. Because otherwise, there's not the significance of the resurrection and the ascension, which was his teaching that I am not a body. I am not bound to time and space. I am infinite, eternal, and so are you. So think about this for a second in terms of making this inner shift. Would you like to know that you're infinite and eternal? Would you like to know that your loved ones are also infinite and eternal? I think of when my mother passed away about a month later, my dad and I were having lunch and he said, I still can't believe your mother is gone. 
and it just came out of my mouth immediately. Hey, Dad, what if she's not gone? What if she's gone ahead? And that's how I think of it. She's gone ahead. She's still alive. There is no death. But just like somebody who's gone to the other side of the earth and I'm not with them in the physical, they're still alive. And we can connect with them through our heart. We truly can. It's not the same. You know, if your spouse dies, it's not the same as being able to snuggle in bed with them. These things are not the same. Right? So this is why giving up all attachments can be so painful. We don't have to give everything up, but we do have to give up our attachments to thinking Anything in this world, and of course the bodies are of this world, is our happiness, our God, our sustenance. So Jesus then says to us here, surely he thought he wanted happiness. Right Before he died, the person who died, who valued the inconstant more than the constant, surely he thought he wanted happiness. He thought he did, yet he did not desire it because it was the truth and therefore must be constant. So there's the happiness that is temporal, that is based on what's occurring in time and space. Oh, I'm so happy. Yay, the new phone book's here. I love that scene in The Jerk. The movie The Jerk, he's jumping up and down. The new phone book's here. The new phone book's here. Right? Because he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And he he's so excited that the new phone book is here. That's something that virtually no one else would be excited about. <laughs> and yet I, lo- I love his happiness, his joyfulness. So if we think our happiness is based on the new phone book, being here we've we've missed the experience of constant joy eternal infinite joy that is ours is available to us if we choose it the thing is is most of us are convinced we don't deserve it we can't get it we're not special enough we don't have what it takes that it requires some kind of heroic mystical something but this is not true The constancy of joy is a condition quite alien to your understanding, he says. Yet, if you could even imagine what it must be, you would desire it, although you understand it not. So when he says something like that, I think, okay, yeah, I'll desire it, even though I can't even imagine the unconditional, infinite, ever-present joy. I'm, I'm willing. And... I began to discover that when my mom was in her last weeks of her life. Because we had unconditional love. All the impediments to love between my mother and myself were gone. And that allowed me to see the joy is constant. Even when these horrible things seem to be happening to my mother's body. Life is extraordinary, extraordinary for what it can offer us when we're interested in the truth. My mother's experience of chronic illness over the course of several years, her transition out of the body, shuffling off the mortal coil, that whole experience was the greatest gift in my spiritual expansion. Other things that happened to me in my life at that very same time, in romantic relationship, in friendship, in spiritual community, things that were very challenging, very difficult for my ego identity, 
were liberating for me spiritually because my upset was so intense and so constant that it drove me to deepen my spiritual practice. Pain became my motivator. And so in all of that, I had to work at the level of the mind and all the challenges, the seeming problems that I was having became like sandpaper on my mind. I love the song Rolling River God. And uh, in there it talks about the river. It's a metaphor for God and God's love. And that the riv- I'm a, a rough stone in the river and the river is making me smooth. So it's the remembering our true identity, being willing to remember. So my mother's illness, terminal illness, became a driver for me to truly stand in the light that I am not a body, she is not a body, that we are infinite eternal beings and that our joy is not conditional because joy is a spiritual quality. It is part of the nature of God. It is part of what love is. Love is unconditional, infinite joy joy that is eternal happiness and that we can experience that level of happiness but not as long as we think that the things of the world make us unhappy and happy because they do not it's our interpretation of the things of this world that produces the happiness or the unhappiness So it's a spiritual maturity to grow up mentally and recognize my nature is joy, and if happiness comes and goes, I am looking at things through the lens of the ego, and my happiness, my wholeness, my freedom, my genius my beauty, all the different spiritual qualities are going to be conditional. If my love is conditional, my joy will be conditional. Everything else will be conditional. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds. That's Shakespeare. Love is not love which alters when it alteration finds. So if we fall in and out of love, we are deluding ourselves that what we're experiencing is love. We don't fall in and out of love. Love is our very essence and nature. If we love someone when we think they're the way we want them to be, and we stop loving them when they're not the way we want them to be, then we don't understand what love is. I hear that song, I want to know what love is, right? So love is what we are. And everything that we model is what we're teaching. So for me, one of the focuses of my life that's helping me make this inner shift is recognizing that I am always modeling something. I'm always teaching the efficacy of my choices, always teaching the worthwhileness of my choices. So let's go on to paragraph two here. Again, we're chapter 21, section eight, which is the inner shift. We're talking about making the inner shift. Paragraph two, Jesus says, the constancy of joy is a condition quite alien to your understanding. Remember, when we're looking at things through the lens of the ego, we have understanding, we have belief, we don't have knowing and certainty and constancy, right? So, because the ego is changeable, the, the view is always changing, and therefore... 
our understanding, our awareness is not capable of comprehending constant joy. So the constancy of joy is a condition quite alien to your understanding. Yet, if you could even imagine what it must be, you would desire it, although you understand it not. So let's just say, Holy Spirit, I desire to know constant joy, to live constant joy, to model it and to demonstrate it. We don't have to earn it. It's already ours. It's already our inheritance, right? If we're the prodigal son, we've already been given the inheritance of constant joy. We can seem to squander it by chasing temporary happiness in the world. The constancy of happiness has no exceptions, I prefer to use joy for the eternal and happiness for the temporal. That's my preference. Jesus goes back and forth here. So he says the constancy of happiness has no exceptions, no change of any kind. It is unshakable, as is the love of God for his creation. Sure, in its vision as its creator is in what he knows, happiness looks on everything and sees it is the same. Sure, in its vision as its creator is in what he knows, happiness looks on everything and sees it is the same. It sees not the ephemeral, for it decides, desires rather, everything be like itself and sees it so, unchanging, eternal. Nothing has power to confound its constancy because its own desire cannot be shaken. It comes as surely unto those who see the final question is necessary to the rest as peace must come to those who choose to heal and not to judge. So here he's reinforcing if you judge, if you interpret, if you make the meaning of things, you are not choosing to heal. You are choosing to perpetuate the unconscious guilt through the practice of judging. He goes on to say, Reason will tell you that you cannot ask for happiness. Inconstantly, right? What, what you ask for happiness? Oh, let me be happy until lunchtime, and then eh, I'll take the rest of the day in unhappiness. No, that's not what we do. We'd like to be happy all of the time. We just don't believe that it's possible because our vision of happiness is conditional. And we live in an ever-changing world. So how could we have constant happiness when what we believe is that happiness is based on situations, circumstances, things lining up the way we like them? And we live in an ever-changing world where we're not always able to line everything up the way we like it. We don't see that when things line up the way we don't wish it were, that that could be for our highest and best. We, we're not willing to accept that. So here we are. We're in a difficult space where we just don't believe it's even remotely possible that we could have constant happiness. It's inconceivable. So since that's where we're starting from, Let us keep going to the Holy Spirit. I am willing to live in unconditional joy. I'm willing to demonstrate it. I'm willing to share it. I'm willing to teach it and model it. I am willing. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm still willing. Now, if I'm choosing to judge, I'm saying, okay, 
I'm taking a break on my willingness because I'd rather judge. I'd rather complain. I'd rather attack. So we're making this shift from thinking constant joy, happiness is inconceivable to simply choosing it and allowing ourselves to discover that it is possible, it is true, it is our inheritance. Boom. (laughs) Yes, this is what we have been given. And all we have to do is be willing to choose it. I'm so grateful for that. Hmm. And I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful to all the people who have written a review. Thank you for writing your reviews. The more people write reviews, the more that the podcast suppliers say, oh, this is an active podcast that people are actually enjoying. So that just means they show it to more people and that means more people will find it. If you find it valuable, if it's helpful to you, please make a review. Also, your contributions. If you would like to support this podcast, even with $5 a month, if you feel that each episode is worth some amount of money to you, you'd like to make a contribution to the ministry, you can do it jenniferhadley.com, go to the donate page, or you can go to livingacourseofmiracles.com, go to the donate page. Remember too, at Living A Course of Miracles, we have a lot of transcripts for a lot of episodes, so you can find those there as well. Many goodies on both sites, free stuff. Check it out. And don't forget, End Myself Sabotage starts on Saturday. And you can join me for an hour spiritual practice every day, plus a whole lot more. It's an unbelievable deal. Truly, I thought, here we go, summer of love. So here we go, hands on our heart, grateful and thankful for the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We receive it fully and share the benefits with everyone. We let it be and say amen, amen, amen. Have a great rest of your week. I love you. Mwah.